So, um, so, so what we're going to do now is we're going to have a we're going to have a chat, kind of kind of interview, kind of Graham Norton style type thing, um, where, where these guys are going to be so funny, you're going to be kind of rolling off your seat. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got that lever at the back if if their story is not funny. Um, so these guys have gladly um, accepted the invitation um, to come up and chat. Um, and they've been very brave in the fact that they've not been given the questions beforehand. Uh, and that's been a deliberate thing because I think, you, you know, <laughs> it wasn't that I was preparing the questions at 10 o'clock this morning. It wasn't that. Um, it's been a deliberate thing, a deliberate choice, so that we can have a kind of, a kind of authentic um, chat about parenthood, family life, that kind of stuff. Um, I've got my glasses with me, so when I ask them a really serious question, I'm going to drop the glasses and look in. So if you can see that cue, you know that a serious question is, is coming. Um, so, just for, I know everybody probably knows your, your kind of family history, but in 20 seconds, could you each give me your family tree? Not the clever one that Ken put up, but secondly, could you give me your family tree in 20 seconds each? A... I have two sons. One is 45, one is 41. Uh, I was one of two. Uh, my brother was seven years younger than me. And uh, my father was born in Aberdour in Fife. And my mother was born in Leith. And I'm a Leither. Always will be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my grandparents on my mother's side were from Leith. My grandparents on my father's side were uh, my grandfather was born in Partick and his mother was a Shetlander How far do I have one grandchild who's 14 Tamsin 20 seconds is impossible <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of complicated um, I am well I have two children I think two yep. um, I am one of three um, so I'm the youngest of three. I've got two older sisters, Aileen and Kerry. Um, I also have, well, I had two stepbrothers. I, I now have one stepbrother. Um, my father is from Strunrar. Um, he was the son of a kind of a, a ferry chef, so between Cairnryan and, and Larne. Um, if you ever go to Port Patrick, there's a, a monument there to, I think it was the MV Victoria that sank in the 50s. Um, so he was one of the people that responded to that. Um, on my mother's side, um, so mum's actually from Sunderland originally. My, my grandfather was a coal miner, um, so a foreman in the, in the pits. Um, and, but I guess latterly sort of Ayrshire, um, lovely little town called Drongan. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... That'll do for now. Yeah. Um, so, married to Janice, three boys, Gregor, Aaron, and Rory. Um, grew up um, on a few different farms. Dad was a farm manager, so primary school years roughly through in. Born in Edinburgh when Dad was in the borders, working in the borders, and then primary school years in Ayrshire, in an even less likely town called Cumnock. Um, and then uh, high school years in Perth, and then moved back down to Edinburgh after that. Um, Dad was, as I say, farm 
uh, from farming family, originally Lanarkshire. Um, so, yeah, going back and back, that was all. They were all farmers. Mum's side, mum was born in Belgian Congo, as was. She was um, son, uh, she was a daughter, obviously, um, of uh, of uh, James and Dorothy Burse. They were um, on the mission field in Belgian Congo. And yeah, they are originally from Aberdeen, so that's about it. Widespread family from all various towns in Ayrshire to Congo to good old Leith, where the, the best folk come from. Um, so I'm going to ask a question. I'll, I'm going to ask it from one person, but if you kind of want to, anybody else wants to jump in, um, that's quite cool. Yeah, Victor's trying to look at the questions to get a heads up. Well, I'm kind of shaking it. <laughs> Neither can I. That's what the glasses on. So you two, your, your parents. Um, I kind of want to take you back to. Um, that time when child was born. So the, kind of the first time you clapped eyes on the child. And I'll probably ask you, Neil, because you've got the shortest time back of that one of all of us. Because the rest of us might have rosy-tinted views on that. How did you feel? What did you think? And how did that kind of reflect on how, what God thought about you? quite an overwhelming thing I would say um, you know the first time I I held Cara if I'm, if I'm really honest I'd love to tell you like instant connection um, but it, it took a couple of minutes I would cause just didn't know I didn't know what, what I was doing <laughs> I didn't know um, you know but there was um, but as I held her and I looked at her um very much my mind went to what God thinks of me because I'd, that's always been a problem um, or a, a consideration for me. What does God actually think of me? Um, and and actually here I am holding this little person that I've only just met and actually I would change my entire world for, would do anything for. She's done nothing to 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 deserve that, she's just kind of appeared um, and and nearly said ruined my life, changed my changed my life, changed my whole outlook. Um, and yet, there's a love there that I I couldn't describe to you where it came from or why it was there. It just it just was is um, that helped me understand a bit about how God views us, um, how God loves us. Um, it's unconditional. Um, it's not something that we that we've really particularly done anything to um, to earn, because it's not something that we need to earn. Um, something that just is, uh, and that will always be there, regardless of of what goes on. So, yeah, it definitely helped. Um. I mean, I guess that kind of overwhelming feeling was one of the kind of main ones for me initially. Um, you know, I had I'd done paediatrics for a whole year, and yet suddenly I felt here I am in charge of this little person. Um, 
or you know, obviously in joint charge. And but for that first couple of weeks when you're off, like on paternity leave, and it's just the two of you trying to work out what to do, what not to do. There's no paediatric registrar on call that you can give a phone. <laughs> just like what you know, just that um, um, kind of say the sense of being overwhelmed was a, was a was a big one, and I think it probably. I think the the choice to um, bring someone into this this world is a choice to put your heart out there, um, uh, you know. And so suddenly, um, and, and it's the same, you know. In in a lot of ways, when you choose to love another person, is that you 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 put your heart exteriorly from yourself, um, and in you know, that sense of that's what what God does for us. That that. That God chose to um, be vulnerable um, to our uh, to a love that might not be um, reciprocated, um, and I mean I think probably for me it took a while for that kind of penny to kind of drop in terms of of, of fatherhood and and kind of. God's love of us as a parent um, that took a bit of time to process but but being being a father was a, um, was an important part ultimately of of me realizing who who God was and and um, and as Neil said what he thought of me what God thought of me so so kind of um, junior comes out you look out the the manual how to to raise this thing, um, and we still never get it right. So, kind of when your 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 kid was was growing up, um, uh, how how easy was it for for you to allow them to make mistakes? You know, I can always have this picture of kind of riding on a bike. You know, can you take the stabilizers off and you having to let go? How easy is is it as a as a parent to to let go and allow them to make mistakes? Can I go a bit further on? Uh, when my boys got married, uh, I wrote them letters, each of them, and told them that this was them leaving home and that there had to be a leaving and a cleaving. The home would always be open for them, but this was their life and they had to get on with it. Have you met Theo? <laughs> there are days where I would love to have him in his crash helmet all day long and wrap him up in cotton wool because he will hurt himself at some point. He hurts himself on a fairly regular basis, but usually fairly minor. Um, and Rebecca and I have talked about what do we do with Theo, you know, because he's fearless um, to the point of stupidity at times but I always feel like he's he's walking a line between like just having a ball and learning and exploring about himself to actually you're going to do yourself real damage um, and that's quite hard I tend to fall on the side of just get on with it um, it's more important to me that um, he that we don't 
curb that in him. I want him to be someone that, if that's in his nature and his character, that, that will take risks, that will explore, that will um, view the world really positively as, as something to be tackled um, and not something to be scared of. If that means we encounter a broken bone or so along the way, then I, I kind of feel like the trade-off's worth it. Because it's not just physically, right? It's about how you how you approach life in general. Um, and I, if he's wired that way, then yeah, I want I want him to embrace it fully. Victor, you've got you've got one that is fearless in your family, um, uh-huh. and, and <laughs> we all know what we're talking about. Um, is that kind of fearless nature that we'll say is something that you want to encourage? How do you? It's new encouragement. No. And we're talking about Aaron here, who who yeah will do. Who has that part of his brain missing as well? That. You're just out in the mountain bike with him, just like, you're not going off that jump. Oh, you are going off that jump. <laughs> and how does, how does that, um, you're kind of uh, dealing with that, how does that kind of reflect on how God deals with you and your fearlessness and, and him kind of not choosing uh, to step in type thing? Yeah. Um, <laughs> my fearlessness. Yeah, that, that's just very, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, I hadn't thought about it um, like like that. Um, I that's probably been more of my journey over the last few years, um, because yeah, I guess fear was a big part growing up. Um, so I had an, um, a few years ago. Um, I kind of uh, had a, I don't know what you would call it. Um, so I spent some time on retreat and realized that um, part of the image that I had of God was of God as a kind of, so I needed to get all the answers right. It was a fear of of like a, an exam that was going to pass or fail. or And I, you know, at the time, I wouldn't have been able to articulate that, to verbalize that, but, but somewhere there was a fear of getting the answers wrong um, and so, I, you know, I found that actually lots of the reading that I was doing, the studying that I was doing, the Bible that I was reading was to do with that fear of getting the answers right. Um, and part of that was, you know, at the time being an elder as well, and just like fear of making a wrong decision, fear of... Um, so that's, you know, I had to take some time out then and, and process all of that. So learning to to be a bit more like Aaron spiritually in terms of, of um, pushing and thinking um, out with my little tiny box that I had. Just, just to probably add to that, I think being able to live a life without fear is about having the right anchor point or reference point. Um, one of the things I, I I really want for my kids is that they they don't have to worry about home, um, you, you know, in in a way that I did. Um, they don't have to worry about um, that they know that we're there. They they know that that they that they will be picked up when they fall down. That they um, and I and I think if we get to that place with 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 God is that this isn't a relationship of fear, it is a relationship of 
of trust and um, and and one where we are continually scooped up and put back on our feet and dusted down and you know um, as brave as he is if he's hurt himself the old, or he always wants a little kiss kind of wherever he's hurt himself which can be awkward at, at, <laughs> at points um, but that's generally all it takes and off he goes no matter how upset he was seconds earlier that's generally all it takes um, yeah uh, so it's about that reference point of of security I think is important how long do we have Ken? are we over our time? ok um, some of our kids are easier to parent than others do you have a favourite? No, but they are both very different. Uh, one is, like me, very sensitive. The other is like his dad was and has no tact and just would say anything. But I don't have favourites. Uh, what about then... I'll not ask the guys to answer that one. Um, what about... Um, Obviously, Muriel, you have kind of now got the the full T-shirt. You've kind of got grandkids. You've you're, you've reached that dizzy heights that we are desperate to get to of our children having left home. <laughs> Sorry, is that just me? Are you with me? Okay. Um, what, what what how do you feel and how do you cope when you know you're you're a, you're a wise woman? Um, if you don't mind me saying, and you impart your wisdom to your, your, your kids and your grandkids. How do you react? How do you cope? What, how do you feel when they don't take your advice, go and do their own thing, and fall on their backside? Well, both of them married non-Christian girls, and that was really difficult. And uh, I have to keep my mouth zipped. And sometimes I don't, and that's when things go wrong. <laughs> and fairly recently, I, I knew that I had to say something, so I wrote a letter again, I like writing letters, uh, to my daughter-in-law, because my granddaughter has this uh, genetic condition called neurofibromatosis, and they decided, they seemed to be talking about sending her to yoga. And I just, inside, I knew, no, 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 this is wrong. And I wrote a letter and explained all why it was wrong and everything. And uh, my son came back to me, not my daughter-in-law, and more or less told me to mind my own business. Guys, you remember the question? Do you remember the question? What was the question again? Okay, Victor's the same age group as me, kind of forgets. Um, so, can I, if you've, if, wisdom and kind of given advice... So if you've given advice and, uh, to one of your kids, they don't take it and, it, and the resultant bombs, you know, rather than I kind of told you so. Um, it's very difficult not to take that personally. Um, and I guess over the years, you know, I think... In some ways, your first is the kind of trial run. You learn all your lessons on, your, on Gregor, and poor lad. Um, but, you know, and it's very easy. I find it very easy just to, if I, you know, gave advice and it was ignored, to take that really personally. And um, 
and your own junk from the past, you know, and that um, uh, comes out. And so, yeah, I think over the years, learn to be able to like give the advice, but hold it, you know, present it with an open palm and, and lightly and or reasonably lightly, although that's obviously always challenged. And then um, try not to say, I told you so, if it all goes wrong. Um, doesn't affect how you love them. Um, I'm having to be very honest here because Rebecca's sitting right in front of me. <laughs> um, it's probably the point of greatest tension in the house. Now we were just talking about how they sit on their seat or, you, you know, because invariably if they're not sitting on their seat properly, they're going to fall off and then they're going to hurt themselves and then we're going to have a whole palaver. Um, that's the level at which I'm dealing um, just now. Um, but it infuriates me. doesn't mean I love them any less. And, and um, I need to be quite careful that that point of infuriation doesn't um, is rectified with them very quickly, you, you know. But that's about I'm just about trying to give Theo some freedom. It's about trying to keep them safe, you know. Um, and I'm not unnecessarily hurting themselves, or that. I mean, that's where we're at. But it, it, there's an escalation within me. Um, that actually feels unreasonable at times, um, but there it is. Um, but I'm very careful to always follow that up with an explanation, um, with with hugs, and then with reaffirmation of how much I do love them. Family, not in the heat of your um, anger that can sometimes be a, a reasonable anger at something that's happened, people that have been hurt, um, things that have been done or said or whatever it might be. Um, that's n acting out at that point is 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 not good. Um, things will be said. Um, so processing your own junk first and then sitting down calmly um, with a, you know the people involved sitting down with them finding out what what they were thinking what they were um, what led to that um, 
drawing right boundaries, saying this was wrong, um, and making them aware of the consequences of that, but never, but at the same time, never putting your love for them in jeopardy, giving them the sense that you know that you're on their side, um, that you're supporting them. Um, so yeah, that's that's one of the hardest things. remember an evening my husband and I were in the garden and uh, we could see our son weaving his way along the road he had been cooking at a barbecue with all his guy friends and uh, he was really drunk I got him into the shower with all his clothes on and the cold water and tried to sober him up but the next day, one of my neighbours said, I don't know how that woman can go down to church. But I did. I'm sure I'll be there at some point. <laughs> um, I have to say I'm really grateful for this place. Um, this is all my children have ever known. Um, I don't feel like... it. I don't... Maybe it is, maybe I'm being judged privately but I, <laughs> in, in, in how I look after my children, but um, I don't feel that. Uh, you, you know, I remember when, when the kids were really young, Rebecca was working every other weekend, and this was really a place of refuge, to be honest, like somewhere we could come. And um, when I, I remember just pushing Cara around in a pram at the back of church when we were in the school and just... And like people like Victor will come and go, let me do that for you. Go and you know, go and sit down, and um, because you don't know what you're doing. But there's plenty of people here that have been through the whole, you know, been been through the same thing. Um, we've got a, a lovely group of us that are all at a fairly similar age and stage, and it's really helpful to be able to be honest with each other about what's good and what's bad and what works and what doesn't. And um, yeah, so I've never thought about it as a goldfish bowl. I know the church that my mother grew up in and that we grew up in, it absolutely would have been, but it's not my experience here. So, this kind of, I think, someone, someone alluded to earlier, so that kind of whole saying of it, it takes a village to bring up a child, that's kind of been your, your experience? Absolutely. It was, I mean, as much as some of the environments I grew up in, um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to 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 kind of go back to. There are. I had a, an aunt who died last week. Um, not really an aunt. You know the people that you call aunt that aren't really aunts. But I, I, I've got so many of those. You know, and um, and her son and daughter. I wrote. I wrote them a letter. You'd be proud of me. Um, well, an email. I wrote them an email. Um, because when I was we, um, I'm not so we, there were so many people who took the role of um, 
people who should really have been there but weren't or couldn't be. Um, and that was the church. That was the church standing in that gap and being being mum, being dad, being older brother, you know, um, just, and it, you know, it was in the, it was in the daft stuff. There's, there's a guy who isn't, isn't even part of church. And one of the things that always sticks in my head is he, he showed me how to hang my trousers up properly. Um, and that seems really stupid, right? But these are the things that if you are a young boy in a, a completely female household that that kind of get, you know, like teach you how to be. Um, and without that, I, I would have really struggled. And so it's really important to me that um, those sort of natural relationships around, and I want my children to have people in their life who are not me and not Rebecca because they're not going to tell me and Rebecca everything, you know. Um, and... I know we've tried to model that and we've tried to be around for those who um, are struggling or even not struggling but just need a different a different voice in their life. I have a lovely situation where I have an adopted family who are part of this church and I have some wonderful times with their family just when I babysit or a child of mine now. And uh, Danny loves to have a chat before he goes to bed and Isla's having her shower and what have you and it's just wonderful to be part of their family Okay, thanks guys I, I, sorry for taking up so much time but blame them, the conversation went the way it went um, thank you guys for your honesty, thank you for, for um, coming up and not having the questions given to you beforehand um, I think it's awesome to be part of this family and as has been fleshed out, we are part of something bigger. Um, our family tree goes beyond anything that's got our surname. And I think that's pretty awesome. So I'm going to hand back over to Ken, I think, to make sense of this. Good luck, Ken. Thanks, guys. I can't promise anything about making sense. of. But yes, thanks very much. Um, for everyone who shared there are times there are times obviously when families are hard and we may look around and think actually it might be it might be good if I became adopted um, if I could leave this family and move to another one um, there might be times when we look around our genetic family and we think Actually, with genes like that, I hope I was adopted um, <laughs> because I would really want something different for myself, some hope for the future. There are times in our families, in our, in our human families, if I can kind of put it that way, I think you know what I mean from the discussion that we've been having, where we're all too aware of the difficulties and the brokenness. We're all too aware of, of our own difficulties and brokenness and, and the difficult relationships and the damaged relationships, the good times and the bad times. Um, and that's partly just, just in terms of our family relationships with parents and children and, and whatever else, partly why an example of the brokenness that God wants to heal and as he invites us to follow him, as he invites us to be followers of him, 
part of what he's doing in that is is helping with healing and helping us to restore some of those kinds of relationships and to be people who perhaps hurt people less and to be people who maybe find it a bit easier to forgive and all of the difficulties that we have in families that that can be a little bit better there are lots of different ways that the Bible talks about what it is that if we do give ourselves to God about what that actually means different ways of thinking about it different ways of looking at it one of them is that we are followers of Jesus that we may say Jesus is someone who was the son of God and I want to follow him in what he said about what life is about and what my life should be that I will follow him and that I will obey his instruction and I will give myself to him it may be that we call ourselves believers that it is about what we believe about what life is about about who God is and about our relationship with God that one aspect of of us um being made right with God is is about our beliefs being right so we may call ourselves believers we may call ourselves followers of Jesus there are lots of different ways but one of the most powerful ways that God helps us think about and understand what it is if we are following him if we believe in him if we believe in Jesus is that he invites us into his family now at one level that could just be a well well this is my family if we think of the family tree you could think well well that's that's God and his son Jesus and and God invites us into his family in the same way that you may be invited along to someone's family for dinner or you may be invited along to a party or something like that and it's come along come in just be part of it make yourself at home you can just get whatever you need out the kitchen just sit wherever you want whatever that it could be that kind of inviting into the family and just being brought in and being welcomed and being part of it. But of course, God does more than that. As we're invited into God's family, it's more than just come along and make yourself at home. The language that, the language that God uses and the, the, the idea that he uses is that of adoption. That we are brought into God's family. Not just that we're invited along to hang around the house and to do stuff with the family, but that we are in adopted into God's family. The, I'll read it here. I'm sure you already know for yourself um, the language in the Adoption and Children Scotland Act 2007. Um, but I'll read it anyway. It says, and its definition of, of adoption in Scotland is, an adopted person is to be treated in law as not being the child of any person other than the adopters or adopter. When we follow Jesus, when we believe in him, when we give ourselves to him, we become wholly and completely of God's family. He claims us completely. He takes us. He brings us into his family. No one else has any other claim on us because we are legally God's. He brings us into his family completely all of that same love all of that same attention all of that same care all of that same overwhelming feeling that 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 folks talked about for their child that God has for his son 
he has for us because we have been adopted into his family completely and wholly but actually although quite a few times Paul talks a lot about adoption talks about that actually that only goes so far in understanding and explaining our relationship to God when we follow Jesus it is utterly overwhelming it is it is more than what I think that we can truly comprehend the idea as we saw on that family tree the idea that there is God and Jesus and then us alongside him in one big massive long line of brothers and sisters in Christ I cannot get my head around that that just doesn't seem right but that is what God says that is what the Bible teaches about our relationship with God and our relationship with Jesus but actually even that idea of adoption overwhelming though that is isn't complete enough because for someone who may have been adopted they may have that sense in themselves of yeah but I'm not I'm not really their child in, in law yes but I'm not really their child in the same way that their other children are so what does God do? God goes beyond, although he uses the idea of adoption as a way of us understanding the fact that we, have been, that we are in his family, he goes beyond that. And actually we are birthed into his family. Spiritually we are born again anew into his family. So our place in God's family isn't just this legal adoption. It's like, well, you're in my family, but you're not the same as Jesus. We are born again when we follow Jesus. We are wholly, completely, spiritually part of his family. At no point can someone say, but you're not really God's. Not really, because it's just a legal adoption. We are born wholly and completely into God's family. We are his when we follow Jesus. We are his completely. To close, I'm just going to look at a couple of consequences of that. Because we may find we may find, well, what difference does that make? What difference will that make? And we may find that as things perhaps in this life don't quite go as we'd hoped, we think, well, it's maybe not made that much difference. But as we look at the things that are big to us at this point in life, the challenges that are hard, the things where we maybe struggle with, with our relationship with God still, struggle to, to fully comprehend that how much does, does he really love us? Let's actually see those small trials and those small difficulties and confusions probably are more if we, because it'll be God who's right in this, our misunderstanding or our confusion with it is more to do with our misunderstanding of what's going on. Let's try and put those difficulties in context of what God has for us. As we maybe struggle to say, does God really want the best for me? Is, this, is God really giving the best for me? Let's try and understand a bit more completely what God has for us. And then, then it may help us to see if, if that is what God has for me as his child, if that's all that God has for me, then the thing that I'm struggling with today maybe isn't all that big in the context of all that God will give me, in all the context, the context of all that God has for me, what I'm struggling with this morning, perhaps is a small thing. 
and I can work through that because of what I know God has for me. So one of the consequences of us being in God's family is that we have, we share an inheritance. Now you may be thinking, or you may be planning for your own kids, thinking what inheritance will I be giving to my children? Or you may be thinking, well, what inheritances have I had? But we, we, we have human inheritances that we deal with. And God says that we have an inheritance from him. Isaiah, in chapter 40, tries to get across just the hugeness and vastness and greatness of God. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 12, he says, Who has measured the waters in the hollows of his hand? Or who with the breadth of his hand marked off the heavens? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket? Or weighed the mountains and the scales and the hills in a balance? Isaiah's getting across the idea of the smallness of creation to God. The tininess. The breadth of the heavens is just God's hands. Just the breadth of God's hand. Verse 15 says, Surely the nations are like a drop in the bucket. They are regarded as dust on the scales. He weighs the islands as though they were fine dust. Lebanon is not sufficient for altar fires, nor its animals enough for burnt offerings. What's Isaiah saying? He's saying, if you imagine the forests of a whole country... That, that's not sufficient firewood to create an altar, to be on an altar for God. The, the animals of a whole country are not enough to be the starting point of a sacrifice for this God. The islands are just fine grains of dust to God. The billions of stars, the billions, the, the vastness of the universe, God could do more of that if he wanted. Such is his greatness. And that's what he, sh- he will share with us. That's the inheritance that we will have. Such a vastness. And that is the inheritance that he, God will share with us. But not only that, we have that inheritance from God, but we are also called co-heirs with Christ. Co-heirs with Christ. If you think of when one of your children does something just amazing, the, 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 the warmth that you have in your heart, the thing that you may want to, the rewards you may want to give them, and, and, and all that you may want to do when they've done something amazing. Think of what God thought of his son as his son gave up his place in heaven and willingly came to this earth for us. Think of the warmth in God's heart, the overwhelming, overflowing love in God's heart as he looked at his son, as he faithfully followed his ministry and his calling on this earth. Think of all that God would pour upon his son in thanks and in honor and in joy at what Jesus had done. Think of the vastness of what God has to give to his son. Think of the honor and worship and the crowns upon crowns, the angels singing. We see, we see visions of it in Revelation. All that God wants to give. Try and imagine part of that and extend it as, as much as you can. We share in that. 
Jesus shares that with us. God shares in his inheritance with us. That's what God promises to us. So as we deal with, the, well, I, it's not, not gone quite well. That's, that's a bit of a struggle. I, I don't quite see what God is doing here. I don't, I don't understand some of these things that are happening. Let us understand them in the context of the vastness of all that God has for us, all that he will share with us, the inheritance that we have, what we will share in all that Christ will be given. And may we feel that difference of truly being in God's family, more than just adopted, but born into God's family.